If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with your customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's kind of like trying to remember the name of the guy that you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Was it Don? Was it John or Sean? Who knows, right? It's like that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that helps handle frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps your reps anticipate customers' needs. And a full 360 view of every customer so you can go to market and your go-to-market team can have a pulse on the accounts before you try to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale, support, drive retention, and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service, happier customers at every single stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more with your customers today. I'm Ross Simmons, host of Create Like the Greats and the CEO of Foundation, one of the top content marketing firms in the world, working with some of the biggest names in software as our clients. On this segment of the show, what I call journal entries, I like to take you behind the scenes into my world, the things that I'm struggling with, the things that I'm overcoming, the problems that I'm facing, the things that I see in the market and trends, etc. startups I might be investing in, all of those things. I dive in to my world, my life. This journal entry, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the process around creating a keynote presentation. Over the years, I've given probably a hundred and some odd presentations in rooms filled with everything from 10 people all the way up to 16, 20,000 people. Across the board, these presentations have over time evolved quite nicely. You see, back in the day in junior high, my nickname was Shy Ross. I wasn't exactly a social butterfly by any means, and my friends weren't that creative, hence the name Shy Ross. But essentially, that was my nickname. And in my life, I always knew that I wanted to travel. And I came across a blog post that told me that you should get good at public speaking if you, in fact, want to have opportunities to thrive in a marketing role. I wanted to do more than just thrive. I wanted to create something great. So I set out on this quest to become good at public speaking. Fast forward. Many years, lots more gray hair, lots of blunders, lots of failures, but also lots of successes. And I can say with confidence that I can get in front of a room of 20,000 people, go on stage, do my thing, and be met with rapport, positive conversations afterwards. I know it might sound a little bit conceited to say, but it's true. I have mastered the craft of public speaking. I'm good at it, really good at it. And there's a few things that I believe go into my approach that I have been able to use to constantly get messages after I give a presentation saying that was one of the best presentations I've ever seen. Thank you so much, that was great. Do I have room to improve? No question about it. This is not a, a gloating show where I'm just here to tell you how great I am at presentations and at keynotes. I'm here to tell you how I prepare for them. I want to share with you in this episode how I prep for them, how I deliver them, and my approach and my thinking on all of the mechanics and moving parts that go into facilitating and delivering a keynote that is worth remembering or sharing or taking notes from, and also getting people in the crowd to lift their phone and take photos and maybe even record video so they can come back to it time and time again. Now, to get started with this, I want to set the stage for you. I want to set the stage with where you begin with a presentation. For me, the starting point doesn't always necessarily have to determine your finish point. 
All you need to start with is an overarching idea, an idea of what topic and message you want to articulate to your audience in this keynote presentation. When I'm thinking about my audience, which is typically marketers, I always go in to the identification of my topic with two simple goals. One goal is how can I ensure that there is an overarching theme and story that resonates with the audience when I give this presentation? How can I ensure that there's a simple idea that I really want to convey that these people in the audience will be able to grasp onto and carry with them for the remainder of this event or take back to their work, to their office, to their lives and their career as they move forward. Over the years, I have given a ton of presentation. When it comes to identifying that theme up front, it is super crucial for me. I've given ideas around things like, in this presentation, I need to focus on content distribution. That's a theme. In this presentation, I need to focus on content remixing. That's a theme. In this presentation, I need to talk about how marketers need to think more like investors than they think. That's a theme. Or maybe I need to create a theme around how artificial intelligence should be viewed more so like our Iron Man suit and not like a replacement of humans. Once I have the theme, the story, the idea behind the presentation, I then combine that with a few key nuggets. And the nuggets that I focus on typically fall into three simple categories. One, applicable case studies that I have executed. Two, applicable case studies that I have observed. And three, an interesting proprietary set of research and data that demonstrates that what I'm talking about is validated and true. When you conduct a presentation that incorporates work that you've done, work that other people have done, along with third-party research, it reduces the likelihood that anyone who attends your presentation can say to you, I disagree. That's not right. I love what you had to say about this, but I don't believe that that would work in my world. This is a reality that some of us will face. No matter what we try to talk about in a keynote, you'll run into these people. But by having those simple ideas delivered within your presentation, it increases the likelihood of it landing well with your audience. Let me give you an example. Probably back in 2018 or 19, I gave a presentation at a conference. And in this presentation, I talked about my experience with the website Reddit. And I talked about how I used Reddit as a Redditor first and foremost. And then I decided that I was going to challenge myself as a marketer to use Reddit as well. Now you see in most presentations, the speaker, the presenter would go out and they would share all of the good stuff about what they did on Reddit and how great they are, how they were able to make the front page, how they were able to generate tons of leads, tons of traffic, tons of volume of revenue on the back of this channel. They would preach that at the top of their lungs without giving you a glimpse into the reality of the struggles that probably got them there. But in my presentation, I ensured that I set the stage with the audience so they would hear first and foremost that I hear you. I know why you're afraid of Reddit. When I used Reddit, I submitted some content to a subreddit and I got blocked. Bye, Felicia. You're done. I was heartbroken. By me saying that, it allowed for two things to happen in that presentation. One, it immediately got the audience on my side. He's human. 
He's not trying to be some superhero up here. He's just like all of us. By communicating and showing that vulnerability that I have been blocked on Reddit multiple times, I immediately was able to break down the barrier that some people in the audience may have had around, oh, here comes Mr. Perfect, talking about his perfect stories, his perfect approach to business and life and career. When in reality, I too have struggled with Reddit. I have not been a superhero when I go on that channel. I've struggled, I've failed, and I've had challenges. And by going out and saying that clearly and loudly to the audience, it immediately broke down the walls that were necessary to, for this message to resonate. I also threw in that by Felicia reference because I knew just one or two people would pick it up. And if they picked it up, I had them for the rest of the event. And if you happen to be one of those people who picked up on that reference, by all means, drop me a comment in the show notes. I would love to know that you got my reference there. All right, another example. Most recently, I gave a presentation where I talked about how important it is for brands to weave a web. What do you mean by weaving a web? Well, in this presentation, I was talking about how we should think more like investors. Investing, you get the opportunity to invest in different types of stocks and bonds, real estate, different types of assets. As marketers, we too should be thinking about how we can invest in different assets. And I use the example, Glassdoor, as an example of a company that has done that. I found an old presentation that was uploaded to SlideShare where Glassdoor shared in detail, their marketing strategy. And in this marketing strategy, Glassdoor talked about how they wanted to invest in academia, how they wanted to invest in landing pages, blog posts, podcasts, newsletters, and so much more. They were essentially investing in multiple assets. So what did I do? I took this presentation, I included it in my presentation, and I started to share data around how Glassdoor was able to grow on the back of this strategy. This solidified to the audience that I had done my research and they were impressed by the numbers in which they seen how much traffic, how much traction Glassdoor was getting. These are key elements to incorporate in a presentation because they add value to the listener. The third thing that I mentioned around what I like to incorporate in every presentation is proprietary or third-party research. There's a few examples of this, but the one I wanna give you today is directly out of Foundation Labs. If you haven't heard of Foundation Labs, I encourage you to check it out. We have a subscription service where you can actually subscribe to exclusive research and data surrounding B2B marketing and much more. But essentially, we did an analysis of all SaaS companies that were publishing blog posts, and we reviewed their organic traffic. And then we did a count on how many pieces of content their blog was publishing on a monthly basis. And then we took a more macro look and looked at it as an annual basis. We wanted to see, is there a relationship between the companies that blog frequently and the amount of traffic that they're generating on their website? And it turned out there was. The companies that were publishing over 100 blog posts on their site per month were actually outperforming everyone else by a ton. And when I say a ton, I mean like light years ahead, more than 5x more traffic to these websites. The data was exciting. It was interesting to see. And I shared this on stage at a conference amongst marketers and it lit their eyes up to see and to be challenged to say, wow, maybe we're not producing as much content as we should be if we actually set our ambitions as high as we talk about internally. These are some examples of the types of tidbits that you like to incorporate in your presentation, or at least I do. But within all of this, 
I also love to incorporate a story. The story to me is one of the most important pieces of the presentation because it connects you with the audience immediately. And then if that connection is strong, it can carry you all the way through the tactical and in-depth details that allows you to ultimately deliver a great presentation. Now, when I give a presentation, you will notice that I always start with somewhat of a personal or unique story. Something that has typically nothing to do with marketing. In the past, I've given presentations where I talk about how at one point when I was a young kid and I loved to experiment, I froze some worms, I put them in my parents' freezer and they pulled out the worms and they screamed and yelled. And I said, ah, right, the worms, my apologies, parents. And I talked about the experiment, the scientific procedure that I was taking as a kid. And then I translated that into marketing and how that approach can be applied to marketing. And another example, I recently gave a presentation on distribution. And in this presentation, I talked about how I was at an event with my partner, my wife, and I was having a conversation with this gentleman and I was having this combo about vertical video. And then next to him was this couple and they were talking about butter and they were debating whether the butter should be in the fridge or in the counter. And I was completely enthralled into this dialogue. And then she came back and I introduced her as my butter half. Ha ha ha. That was funny. Hilarious. Everybody laughs. And then I talk about how what happened in that moment that caused me so much embarrassment and my attention to be shifted to that combo is what they call the cocktail party effect. And then I talked about how the cocktail party effect was essentially something that happened in the real world, in physical world, but it's impossible on the internet because the internet is the loudest cocktail party ever and there's so much noise, you've got to create content that stands out. I hook people with the human story, then I make a connection back to marketing. And then I go into my wheelhouse. I go into the tactics, I get into the weeds, I drop those antidotes around my own personal experience and tactics. I share perspectives around tactics that I'm seeing other people do. I start to share that data and I start to deliver all of this within that presentation. Once that presentation is done though, I don't just say, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. I wrap up my presentation by connecting it back to the story that I told at the beginning. This is a method and an approach that I actually stole from comedians. When I first got into public speaking, I booked myself into a room in a library and I brought my computer, I booked the room, and I wanted to reverse engineer how stand-up comedians deliver great presentations. And one of the things that stood out to me is that oftentimes the ones that felt magical to me, the stories that connected with me the most were those in which the story started with a human story and then it brought it back to that again at the very end. It felt like magic. So in my presentations, I oftentimes loop back at the end to the first story that I've ever told. For example, if in a presentation I'm telling the story about butter, then at the end I might say something like, you butter believe it. Or if I'm telling a presentation, I'm giving a story about worms that were in my freezer, I might end the presentation by saying, I hope that at the end of the day, you are able to thrive more than the worms in my parents' freezer. And that, again, is a subtle reference back to the beginning's point. I try to find that connection point because at that moment, the audience gets a smile. They're like, ah, he brought it back. Now I see how that all connects. That's cool. They laugh, they smile, they're engaged, and the audience enjoys the keynote. And that is how it's done. That is how I deliver my keynotes. So when I go ahead and I look at 2024 and I start to plan my presentations, you might think, Ross, where do you start? I actually start by just creating blank space in my calendar and thinking. 
thinking about stories that I want to tell, about opportunities that I think are underinvested in amongst my audience, about challenges that I'm facing, problems that I'm facing, things that I thought were cool that I might have came across on the internet. And then I start to wrap around with all of those things an overarching story and theme of what I want people to care about. Right now, I'm having a hard time with figuring out what stories and presentations I want to tell because the message that I want to convey is actually still very much the same as what I conveyed last year. I think more marketers need to embrace the fundamentals of marketing, research, creation, distribution, and optimization. I think more brands need to embrace the idea of sprinkling AI over all of that. And that's essentially my directive to marketing leaders across the globe. So when I go into this upcoming year, I have to now think a little bit differently around how I convey this message because my audience has already heard it or they haven't, but the managers of these events want something new. So how do I build on that story? And as I record this episode, I'm thinking out loud because I'm still trying to navigate what I talk about and how I'm gonna bring all of this to life. What will it look like? I'm not 100% sure. But smash that subscribe button, no matter where you get your podcasts. And I'm sure you'll be hearing one of those keynotes directly in your ears on wherever you get your podcasts very soon. I'm excited to figure this one out. I hope you got some value out of this episode. I hope to see you at a conference, at an event, or maybe just on the internet. Thank you so much. Go create something great. If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down.